So Conrad, it seems that you took our advice from the last episode and have decided to buy a puppy to increase your social organic social media leads. Totally. I'm going to have lots of friends because of the puppy. Now, the downside is we haven't had a guest on the show for a while, and this is probably going to be the worst behaved guest that we have ever had on the show. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. See, welcome, puppy. There you go. Look. See, the problem is I got this bone full of frozen kibble to keep him quiet, and I thought we could do a segment where he was all cute before I gave him the bone to keep him quiet, and he realized that we had the bone, so now we're doing adorable puppy eating bone on a podcast. The truth is we're trying to juice our stats here because Lunch Hour Legal Marketing is now on YouTube. And so you can watch this actually adorable puppy and listen to legal marketing. Yeah, see, see, you think this is just us talking about puppies, but it's actually a multi-channel marketing juggernaut leveraging your desire to look at cute things on the internet to drive more views of our content. You think I'm kidding, I'm not. So I'm gonna have to start showering before we do these now. I don't think that, you're still okay on YouTube without the shower. I'm pretty sure you're good. I'm pretty sure you're good. What are we talking about today, Conrad? Along with the cuteness of puppies, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We, as always, are going to talk about the news, right? There's some major news coming out here. We're going to talk about conversions. I'm going to interview you about a new conversion tactic that you're currently using. I think it's pretty fascinating. And finally, brought to you by the brand manager from Viagra, we're going to be talking about Performance Max, the newest new thing coming out of Google. Music! Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome, one and all, to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Let's hit the news. Holy cow, Gee! Did you know this is this is less than twenty four hours old? Google is now offering certification for SEOs. Woohoo! Yeah, and we, you know, the people that have been doing this for a long enough time, we used to make fun of people that put. Google SEO certified partner on their website. And now they're going to be able to do that. Maybe this is Google's badge link building strategy. Ah, to get more traffic to Google? (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's not. And I had a sneak peek at the syllabus because Google and their infinite wisdom of SEO, it's one line. The whole course is one line. It just says create great content. Go hire an English major. That's it. All you got to do is create great content. That's a wrap. Okay, and we're done. done. So you have now graduated from Google's SEO course. You can put that badge on your website. Moving on. Hey, you recently did a study of consumer behavior. I believe the question you asked was very open-ended, and it was, how would you find a lawyer if you needed one? What came out of that? Yeah, you know, we still, even in 2020, and we joke around about this, but we still get lawyers that will say, 
People don't use the internet to hire lawyers like me. And again, my study is not scientific by any means. This is 5,000 respondents. Well, 5,000 is a statistically relevant sample, right? According to Google's consumer survey metrics, it is. But, you know, if you only serve a certain very small segment, then maybe it's not representative, right? But anyway, who cares? We'll post a link to it. But shocker. The top, this is an open-ended question, so I didn't nudge anybody. I didn't be really like pick from Google or Facebook. This is literally like there was no drop down. Type whatever you want. No drop down. This is type into an open box, open text box. How you'd find a lawyer? And five thousand respondents. Number one most consistent answer: Google. Number two most consistent answer: the internet. And you know, half the people had some very, uh, you know, whether it was gibberish or it was, you know, not something that Google could actually throw into in one of the buckets. And referrals were up there, and there was a bunch of different variations on referrals and asking friends. But the most consistent answer was Google. And so now, every time some a lawyer tells me that, I'm just going to send them a link to this study and be like, "This many thousand people say they disagree with you." I'm curious, and we didn't prep this in our show notes, so I, I apologize for putting it on the spot, but how Let's many times, I, I know, it. I want to see if you can go through 5,000 records in your head in real time. Yeah. Okay. How many um, directories showed up in that? Uh, that I do not know. I, okay. I will tell you the ones that showed up in the, so, and I'm happy to, anybody that wants, you can just reach out to us or hashtag LHLM. I'll send you the raw data, the underlying data. It's fine. Not... Nothing proprietary. I we did pay for it though, but it's fine. I'll give it to you for free. It's one of the advantages of being a wow. loyal LHLM fan. There's a lot of interesting stuff in the long form answers because there's some things that are like not intuitive that you wouldn't have guessed. And so, in terms of shaping content, so this is the, you know, the real reason I did it was because we use this data to inform content strategy for clients. You know, part of our also, as I mentioned before, the validation of like, yeah digital is a thing, but that's really more like the tongue in cheek. Having people type in what they would do when they're looking for a lawyer is extremely valuable. You should be doing this at your own firm. It's great market research. And there's a lot of gems in there um, in terms of the type, because remember people search in ways that you would never guess. And so a lot of valuable stuff in there. Happy to send that to you. Just reach out. I want to go for, I know we're supposed to be really quickie on the news, but um, yeah, I like where you're going with this. this. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so what I was going to say time. is really quickly, what did you use to do this market research? How much did it cost you? So if I was a law firm saying, wanting to listen yep. to your advice and actually implement it, what are my next steps? Go to Google Consumer Surveys. It's one of the tools offered by Google and uh, 5,000 respondents cost us $500. And, um, you know, it depends on, it's a combination of the filtering you do and the number of questions you ask. I think it's like 50 cents a question or something like that. Okay. Okay. Love it. Yeah. You don't even need 5,000. I mean, you know, so, and, and it, and it breaks down, you can, you can segment by demographics. You can segment by, there's a bunch of different things you can do in there to play with it, but it's a really valuable research tool, I think, for understanding how people are, you know, if you need a survey tool. It's a great survey tool, okay. in my opinion. Do it. Learn. Get smarter okay. about your right. company yes. and how people Market are for you. Market research big. It's a thing. Okay. And the other big thing that we cannot skip because it is all over the headlines this morning is the Roe v. Wade leak. Talk about mm. the biggest big news in legal since 
the insurrection or attempted overthrowing of the government by... Oh, wait, sorry. No politics. <laughs> anyway, Roe v. Wade came out. That is... We're, we're going to see what happens, but I cannot imagine that that is not going to have massive impact, both socially as well as politically and, and within kind of the legal world. Uh, huge. Huge. All right. Now that we've gone all serious, let's pay some bills. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app. And now for the Legal Trends Report Minute, brought to you by Clio. What do firms with growing revenue have in common today? They're quicker to adopt client-centered legal technologies. Clio's research shows that firms with growing revenue are 37% more likely to use online payment solutions and 41% more likely to use client portals, two technologies that make it much easier for clients to interact with their lawyers. The data is clear. Firms that find ways to make their services easier and more convenient for clients are the ones that see better client satisfaction and higher revenue. So, you know, I wonder, and folks that are listening to this, we'd love to hear from you. How many of you, and Conrad, how many of your clients have online payments and client portals? So not as many as I would think. And it's certainly something that we have brought up with firms. Same. It's, it's also not one of those things that, like, it's not a hill I'm willing to die on, right? Right. I think the thing is, I look at through this is, what's the cause and effect here? right? Is the, the client portal and the online payments, is that more a indication of a firm that is client-centric and therefore growing in revenue? Or is it the effect that's actually making it more client-centric, right? And, 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 and helping grow yeah. revenue. I suspect it is more an indicator of the, the former, right? Where like, if you care about these things, you're going to go out of your way to make it easy for people to do business with you, which is like business 101, but it, that does require a client-centric mindset. Yeah, and I I think that's a really good point. For me, also, I think this probably I'd you know, Cleo, if you're listening, I'd love to see the legal trends report broken down by more practice area data because mm. PI, like PI lawyers, they're not. There's no point in putting yeah, an fair. online payment thing on their website. Like, they're, of course, they're not going to have that. 
In other practices, though, transactional practices, you know, estate planning, you know, you see the feedback. I mean, I can tell you that some of our clients that do have those options, you'll see it in online reviews. You know, they made it super easy for right. us because we could actually, you know, we could log into a portal, we could share documents. And so we know it's a thing. Maybe we're just not working with the lawyers that are implementing this as much. But I'm in the same camp as you. I mean, I, most of our clients, they, I would say they don't have either of these things. Yeah. Client portal also, though, because I, I maybe I don't know if Cleo intends this, but I, when I think client portal, the other thing I think of is knowledge base. Right. So like you log into the client portal, you can share like some frequent some videos of like the overview of the uh, representation, kind of where they are. You got all your documents there. Um, you might have answers to frequently asked questions like that stuff is clients would love that stuff. Not to mention, we kind of expect it. Right. Like. Right. If you're alive working right now, you expect to be able to look up your kids' grades in real time. You expect to be able to find the, you know, baseball schedule automatically synced to your calendar. We're behind the times. Like, I think the legal industry often gets smacked for being behind the times, uh, unfairly, bluntly, unfairly, because uh, there are a lot of sometimes that are super, super aggressive about things. And, and, and that has panned out. And what you're seeing is those firms that are forward-leaning are doing better, right? And it's a, it's it's whether it's a mindset orientation, right, that is a client centricity, or if it's not that, and it is instead a result of putting up online payments. Either way, like dive in, man. It's 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 it can be so a competitive basic. advantage. I mean, from a marketing standpoint, those are the types of things you sh- you put that out there. You don't have to come into the office. We can uh, get all your documents signed. You can engage with us from the comfort of your own home. Like that's a competitive advantage. So the funny thing is, and I did not get this study done, but I asked Gravity Legal, right? Do you have any data about having the online payment functionality on a site as a landing page conversion improvement, right? So do more people call the firm because it shows on the website that you can actually do online payments? I have not seen that study. I want that study to happen because that's really fascinating to me. Interesting. Good study. All right. For more information on what tools successful firms are adopting, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O dot com forward slash trends. All right, Guy. I was on your website the other day. You were. This is true. And this is why we added this segment. Competitive intelligence. I was snooping all over attorneysync.com. You were trying to hack it, but we're on WordPress and Cloudflare, so you couldn't get in. Oh, it's now written in... No. It's 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 all Greek. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Viagra, I don't know why you mentioned the Viagra thing. That's your segment. We'll get to the Viagra joke. Maybe I can't... That that Viagra joke was preemptive. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) I was on your website the other day, and I noticed that you've got a really aggressive pop-up, and Many. I find them annoying. Me too. And I wanted to know why you are deliberately annoying your website visitors. How is that for a setup? Well, you know, for years, I was anti-all pop-ups. I was anti-chatbots. I was anti-modals. And I'm still anti, you know, the modals that block out the entire experience. I'm still not huge on those, especially on mobile, because as we know, that's a no-no from Google. But I got to tell you, the data shows that, you know, we actually had better conversion. We get more people to sign up for our tips list. 
We get more people to reach out to contact us for free consultations. We get more people to schedule Calendly's with those pop-ups on there. And the one that we are uh, in the process of testing right now that I'm in love with is called Leadferno. And Leadferno, you know, they're they're going all in on text. So if you go to AttorneySync, you'll see there's a little thing at the bottom, contact. If you click that, it'll the one of the options there is text. And you know, when you think about it, how many of these websites like you can't text. Everybody's everybody's texting all day, all day, every day. That's the the most convenient way. Everybody's talking about how they won't answer the phone, but they'll send you a text. And um, I think there's going to be this is going to be a huge part of the acquisition funnel. It integrates with Facebook messaging app. It integrates with it's going to integrate with uh, Google Business Profiles messaging. I think unifying a messaging solution that also handles SMS text is. Not just the future, but also the present. So one of the things we talked about, specifically with texting and legal, I mean, it's great for you. You run an agency, Merry Christmas, but um, you're not running a law firm, right? And so right. what kind of issues come up? I mean, let me not say, we all know what the yeah. issues that come up with texting and legal. How do you, as a law firm, minimize those issues? Or is that something that law firms should be, you know... Uh, really worried about and stay away from that technology because you never know what's going to happen with your law license. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a, you got to navigate these issues. Security is important. You should be vetting all of your technology and communication partners. You should be vetting your email and all this stuff. But you know, it's to me, it's, we know the gold standard. The gold standard is end-to-end encryption, right? So something like Leadferno though, the thing that I like about it is, is like, you don't have texts floating all over the place with different staff members on different phones. And in fact, that's another big thing with this whole texting thing is lawyers are hearing that and they're like, that's nuts. You're going to give out your cell phone number to yeah, that was the next follow-up your, question. all of your clients to text you every second. Yeah. It's like, no, that's that's why a tool like Leadferno comes in to unify. The, like They become the communication platform for the text. So you don't even, you're not, you're not even showing your cell phone number. It would show up as like a contact record. You could set it up so it'd be like, so-and-so such law firm is actually the contact record that shows up when the texting is going on. Okay. Not your cell phone. Yeah. Okay. This is going to come across as a pitch for Leadferno, but I think. Yeah, I, think I know. It's... And again, you can go look, I would go, you can go vet other options. There's a lot of other options out there. I just, the folks at Leadferno are doing some really cool stuff. I think their widget's pretty cool. The interface, they've got things that you can set up. So like you have, um, Similar to like how Slack, you can have, I don't remember what they're called, like slash commands, I guess, where you can be like, it'll give you an automated response based on right. the slash commands. So you can be like a greeting slash command. And you can also, you doesn't have to just be text, right? So we, you can build, you can link your other conversion apps to it, like Calendly or send them to a web form page. All right. Let's phone, talk about conversion. It integrates with CallRail. All right. I was just going to ask yeah. conversion tracking with text. That sounds like it could be problematic, but no. No, they handle that. They actually have a nice funnel report in there too. So you can okay. actually see all, It's it's got a Google Analytics uh, integration. And so you can see the number of times that the uh, lead box was shown. You can see the number of times it was engaged with, and you can actually you know track qualified leads. You can assign leads. So um, anyway, for me, again, it's, even though, like you said, it's coming across the pitch for Leadferno, these messaging platforms that are integrating across messaging platforms that include SMS text, they're worth researching. People want to engage like that. 
Okay, it's a let, pain me, let me hit you some to, other problems, yeah, right? With texting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, it is, so you just said it's a pain. I mean, you're setting a pretty, pretty high expectation of very, very fast turnaround and responsiveness with, with, yep. with texting. Does that create a really problematic precedent when you actually go to servicing the client? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's about expectation setting. So to me, it's not the medium, it's a substance of your text. And so another thing that Leadferno does and many of these other platforms do is you can set it up so that during certain hours of the day, it's set to you're away and it'll give it'll send messaging or direct them to other something else. So like, hey, you know, not available to text right now, would you like to schedule something? Boom, you can have a schedule something or you can direct them to a lead form. So again, but but that's no if you think about it, that's no different than the phone, right? Because we know that people, you know, we always talk about responsiveness on this show. But the issue is we're not no one's suggesting that you as a lawyer need to be available 24/7 on your phone to answer all these calls. Well, the same thing's true of text. But setting the conver- setting the uh, expectations of how you're going to communicate, giving people options, communicating when you're available or when you're going to follow up. It doesn't matter if it's text or a web form or some other autoresponder or a phone call. It's about the actual substance of your communication, not the platform, in my view. Okay. We should be working to reduce friction. We sh- Why would we be like, I mean, I, I, there's this conversation in this Facebook group the other day, and there's lawyers that are like, I'm on the phone with the contact. The thing I tell them on the phone is, Go to my website and fill out my form. Does that sound like a great experience to you? <laughs> Likewise, the expectation setting needs to be handled pretty carefully. I got a I got an autoresponder from a lawyer the other day that was like, I will respond to my emails between one o'clock and one thirty right. on every day, and you need to wait until then. You've now set the expectation that you're kind of a uh, kind of hard to deal yeah. with. And, and I'll tell you another one that lawyers don't think about, and this actually. It didn't become clear to me until I started a marketing agency that was emailing lawyers a lot and a lot more volume. You know, we'll send out a campaign and middle of the workday on like a Wednesday and I'll get like 25% of the total send will be an autoresponder. And so all the autorespond messages pop up and the autorespond messages are horrible. They're t- it's like they never, they didn't spend a second thinking that this autoresponder is actually going to go out to somebody and so again, same thing. Like you think you're like, oh, I got it, I got it handled with my autoresponder. No, you don't. You just you literally just told that person, go find another lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. The autoresponders, there, there's a setting expectations can be done the right way and the wrong way. And and I do think a lot of those autoresponders, the way that your voicemail comes across, right, can basically set an expectation that you are an inflexible, uncaring pain in the ass. You'd be right? better off turning off the autoresponder and just waiting until the next business day to call, to email them back than being like, hey, autoresponder, go away. Or autoresponder, call my secretary. Yeah. No, and it never says that. You know what it says? In an emergency, this is who you can call. Well, if it's not an emergency. I'm trying to hire least, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just got arrested and I want to hire you. So I don't know. Is it an, it's an emergency for me? Yeah. Let and let's go back to that most important thing that people care about when they're hiring a lawyer: responsiveness. Right. That's come across responsiveness study after study and, after study. And right. okay, sorry. Anyway, I think that's the thing I want to track is I want to get an answer to you at least on the uh, texting thing to give you some numbers on the impact of conversion from text. 
Stay tuned. We'll talk about Stay that. Stay tuned. Again. Coming back to you at the next episode of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Let me ask one last question because this is important yes. with the texting. Okay. When we talk about these autoresponders, do you think having a third party function as your human autoresponder when you're not available? Good idea, bad idea? Yeah, I think it's fine. You know, we're customers of Smith. Yeah. Is it as good as me answering every call and email? Probably not. Right. But guess what? I'm one person, solos and small firms, you're one person, other people. Are, and and here's, the, here's the alternative. Guess, I'll tell you what these third-party systems do a lot better than nobody. They do a lot better than voicemail. Yeah. They do a lot better than infinite ring. They do a lot better than, you know, autoresponder. <laughs> yeah. So, I so, mean, I think set your expectation that those third parties are going to be a third party. It's not going to be as good as you. They will be a B plus at yeah. best. And that is a lot better than the And F. train them. Yeah. That's the other thing too. It's, a, it's the same thing with the autoresponder. And this is the same thing with all these automations or whether you're working with vendors. Tell them what you want. Review, shop yourself. Tell them how you want your phone to be answered or your text messages. Like give them the script. And at the very least, the simple answer is don't try to turn them into an intake conversion specialist. Try to get them to stop the search, set the expectation we can get a callback, get their name, email, phone number. That's the biggest one because, again, they don't have to qualify the lead for you. All they got to do is, is to tell, hey, got your message, tell you when that you're going to get back to them. That's the key. My best practice on that is that I would love a small amount of lead qualification and integration with your calendar. So that person sure. is not waiting for a callback. They have a callback scheduled with the firm. That's your. That's my my favorite approach on that. That's better. That All is right. better. You know what? We got a question out of Twitter. So I'm going to read the question. But first, we got to take a break. Oh, stay tuned. After, see, Guy's reading the show notes better than I am. <laughs> After I'm throwing this to break. See, it's it's almost like we're we're trying to keep you around. Listen through the ad, and we'll come back and answer this question that came to us via Twitter. Here, Connor, I'm gonna throw it to break. See, now we're on YouTube. We have to do fancy. Oh, stuff. A few things. I can just pick up the puppy. Ah, uh, yes. Ha ha. All right. A question came to us from Twitter. Which is great from Chase Squires, which by the way, if you're a lawyer named Chase Squires, if you're named Chase Squires, you better become a lawyer. That is the best legal name I can come up with. All right. So the question is, Apple is starting to flex its muscle with revamped Apple Maps. Should law firms be paying attention? Google was the default, but does Apple Maps merit attention? Yes, it does. Um, and we'll put some show notes to our friends at Near Media and Local Marketing Institute on this topic. But Apple Maps, guess what? How many iPhone users are there in the United States? Do you know off the top of your head? Lots. N plus one. Over 100 million. 100 million iPhone users. Guess what's the default map on their device? Apple Maps. Yeah. So claim your Apple Maps listing. You can fill out your information, make sure it's accurate on Apple Maps, just like you can on Google Maps. But yeah, you should make sure that you show up on Apple Maps. I mean, that's a that's a no-brainer. All right. Tactical awesomeness coming to you from Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. And if you have a question that you would like us to answer on air and say your awesome legal name, then hit us up on social media at hashtag LHLM. All right. 
Conrad, my turn to turn the tables on you. Go. And ask you about Google's new-ish performance max campaigns that you are calling the Viagra update. I know that, that you're very passionate about naming Google updates. Well, I have this fear that the Mockingbird update, you know, the Mockingbird algorithm update is going to come along and my agency is going to disappear in the depths of the search results. Actually, I think you have a great chance of ranking for those queries. So. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great well, for you. performance max. I mean, come on, Google. We're, this does sound like a male enhancement product, right? Um, but it's not. <laughs> performance max has been, and I'm going to take an unfair shot at these guys because I can't help myself. Andy Stickle and Bill Hauser have been all over the internets calling this the biggest change to Google in the last 10 years. Wow. Strap in. Anyone heard about performance max? So, in all fairness, this is not the biggest change to Google in the last 10 years, unless you missed the move of local into the top of the search results, or you were unaware that the local service ads had actually launched. But it's still an interesting thing. What Performance Max is, is a, it's really kind of an agency killer. They're really setting this up as an agency killer. And basically, Google has a lot of different properties. And you can now run ads across multiple properties that they will create ads for you. You upload a bunch of creative. Uh, you upload some messaging. And they will automatically generate ads and using AI push those ads to the appropriate channels. And they will use that AI to maximize cross-platform conversion optimization. That sounds super awesome. But my problem with maximizing conversions across Google properties is, and we've talked, this is this, we haven't brought this up thematically yet in this episode, but we've talked about it ad nauseum elsewhere. The conversion for a law firm does not happen online. And the conversions that get funneled into Google Analytics, they stop at the lead level phone call, form fill, text, or chat. Right. And so, I mean, we talked about text earlier, which all, these are all good things, right? We're talking about leads. But, you know, our studies show that for our clients, and this is the work that we do, I'm proud of the work that we do, but 84% of the leads, when you stop at just counting the number of leads, 84% of them are not leads. Right. And so that seems like a big error to add into a data set to be optimizing towards. And so, you know, my concern with this performance max, I mean, it's interesting, especially if you're selling bunnies online or I don't know why I came up with bunny. Who sells bunnies online? Probably nobody. If you're selling <laughs> coffee cups online, uh, this may be helpful. But if you are really doing your conversions in a offline setting, phone call, a meeting, those conversions become more difficult to track. And so I'm not sure the value for the legal community. I mean, optimizing for leads, great. But that's a really small part of the picture is my is my. Well, I'm going to give you the yeah, max. but. Yeah, go yeah, but me. Yeah, but that's true of regular Google ads too, my friend. Uh, yes, but let me yeah, but you back, right? Yeah, please do. Um, so the key here, and this is so unbelievably important, is being able to look at your consultations, right? And understand where they're coming from 
And ideally, and I'm not sure how well this works, but ideally you can feed that data back into Google, right? Where you're starting to look right. at those consultations. So, feed okay. That into, I was trying to lead you down a path here. So did, did I walk you can look at consultations. Correctly? You did. You yeah, can good. look at the cons- the issue that you're identifying, which is that the Google conversion pixel firing is not necessarily a client or a qualified yeah. lead even, or an intake qualified lead or attorney qualified lead, whatever. What do you like to say? Attorney qualified lead? AQL. Attorney, so it's, it's AQL. We, we call intake qualified lead. It's basically a consultation. And then AQLs are attorney okay, consultation. Qualified. Yeah. So that's, that's a problem both for Performance Max as well as regular ads. But yep. as you alluded to, the solution is offline conversion import. And what yes. you're telling Google is, hey, out of all the Google conversions, these are the only ones that are actually conversions that we want to optimize to. A couple other things that I, my experience with Performance Max, one, it is not for the lean of budget because it takes a while. I'm not going to say a long time, but a while, longer than a human, in my experience, to learn where to spend the money. And because it is AI-based, and remember, this is not general AI like out of a movie. This is very narrow AI. It does better with larger data sets. So if you're a $1,000 a month PPC budget, and your target cost per acquisition is $100 per qualified lead even, you're, you're going to spend a long time learning and Google's going to spend a lot of money before they figure out where to spend the money. And still, it's not amazing. But I will say this. I look at it like this. When it's working, it's a great way to pick up to have more ads consumed. So if you're in a brand campaign, you want to build brand awareness, Performance Max, great. Because again, what Performance Max really means, <laughs> Google disagree with this, is exposure max. So like they're showing your ads everywhere they can find a spot that matches your profile. So if it's loosely matching your audience, they'll show the ad across YouTube and every other place that they can think of. So I was going to call it the maximized CPM for Google because they have right. become a massive yeah. publisher, right? I mean, the reason the reason That's this right. is happening is because they are trying to get everyone to advertise beyond the PPC, right? And looking beyond... And, and, and by the way, this is... The, you In the unlikely event that you haven't connected these two dots, universal analytics disappearing, being replaced by... Shocker, Google's AI expectation of analytics of how people work across multiple channels. Like these two things are happening at exactly the same time. And the end result is Google is going to be guesstimating accurately or otherwise. You you can use your own cynicism or level of cynicism to determine that. Guessing how impactful multi-channel is for you, right? And then they're going to be serving that multi-channel because they have so many bloody channels and so many impressions, right? So this is, if if I'm a publisher, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I don't care where you spend money, but you should be checking out offline conversion import. That is your buzzword for the day. Make sure you're optimizing to actual intakes and consultations, not just pixels firing. With that, we must wish you a fond farewell. Until next time, thank you so much for dropping in. 
Please do subscribe if you enjoyed Conrad and I ranting about legal marketing. And hit us up, hashtag LHLM. Find us on your favorite podcasting and now on YouTube as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Conrad, is there something wiggling around on your lap? Dude, we got to redo this. <laughs> and we start off the show with the extra cuts. Uh, let's try again. So, yes, Conrad, as- <laughs> I'll start over. I'll start over. Does the puppy have anything to say? 50 50. I'm going to get peed on while we're doing this segment. That would be gold for the socials. I'll just, I'll just keep going. Just stand up and show us your pee pants. And then blame it on the dog. And we'll be like, oh, we see what's going on. One of the upsides of having a dog is if you pee yourself. All right, you ready? (laughs) You can blame the dog. Blame the dog. It's like farts. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.